0: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light that shines in the darkness, He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known.
1: Well, let me add my welcome to Justin's. My name is Tom. I'm the minister here at Church Hill, who is responsible for the Garrison Church, just over at the Rocks. Uh, I'm going to be taking us through one of the great passages of the New Testament that Kat read for us before, the prologue of John's Gospel in John chapter 1, as we look towards the ever-coming Christmas day. Uh, Please start by praying with me. Father God, we thank you for your word, and we pray now that as we consider it, uh, that we stand in awe of who Jesus is. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who makes the first move and calls us home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but I I think most people are pretty suspicious of prequels. Uh, My generation in particular have been uh, scarred or made permanently suspicious by the Star Wars prequels. Uh, Some of the younger people, maybe the Hobbit movies, uh, suppose prequels are supposed to give us helpful information, uh, information that helps us to reinterpret a lot of what we already know. Uh, Good prequels like parts of The Godfather Part 2, or Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, or for the young at heart Monsters University, they give us an understanding that helps us to to understand what we already know, the parts that we have already come to understand. And John today is giving us a little bit of a prequel. Uh, He knows that we know the story of Jesus's birth, And of the four Gospels, John is the one that actually goes the furthest back in time to start his account of the birth of Jesus. He goes back to before anything else existed. John's account of the birth of Jesus goes back to the beginning of all things. It seems like a strange place for us to go at Christmas. But this is where our story begins. For us to get to the stable in Bethlehem, we first need to understand that this isn't the point when Jesus comes to exist. Unlike you or I, he exists before his birth, before he takes on human form in what we call as Christians, the incarnation. Tonight, I want to explore this mystery and how it relates to the complex world that we live in. He was there at the beginning. He is the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The Son has been with the Father from the beginning of all things. In the beginning, sounding familiar, Genesis 1, in the beginning when God created, He was there. In fact, through Him, verse 3, through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus was with the Father and the Spirit and part of the creation of all things. Our very existence is connected to him. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. The existence of the world and of the universe happened through the Son. He was there, God himself, when the mountains were carved out when the seabeds were laid, when life was brought into the world in all its kinds. John wants you to understand that this child born in this little town of Bethlehem isn't just anyone, and also that he's not a new thing. He is God himself, who always has been. And of course, he was there when darkness came into the world. When humanity rejected God and turned away from their creator, he was there. He was rejected by his own creation, who took the crown for themselves, who decided they would define meaning and morality for themselves and lead lives their own way. He was there when we brought death into the world but you see in him was life and to turn away from him was to turn away from life itself to turn away from the light and choose the darkness when we look at our lives when we look at when we look at our lives when we look at the world and we see darkness we need to know that a choice was made by us uh, until very recently i was living over in london with my wife danny uh, and regularly, before we we go to head out to do something for the day, and it would look sunny outside, and she'd say, do you want a coat? And i say, no, it's sunny, it looks great, it's going to be fine. 20 minutes later, the breeze of London starts to come down and I start to complain about the cold. I start to turn to Danny, Danny, why didn't you tell me to bring a coat? Right? And I was freezing, never being ready for the cold. But to turn away from the light... We walked down the tunnel of darkness, and now when we don't like what we find, when we don't like the conclusion of our choices, our arrogance, our pride, our commitment to thinking that we know what's best, when we don't like what we find, we cry foul. We turn away from God, then blame him for the outcomes of doing just that. There have been many moments in history when the darkness seemed like it had won, that hope had seemed to dwindle or disappear completely. In the world now, it seems like one difficult issue comes after another. From COVID to overseas conflict to economic crisis, there is always the next thing. I don't know about you, but I often feel on edge about that. It's become harder than ever to look at the world and to see hope. The darkness can feel like it's won, that maybe we open Pandora's box and that's it, game over. It's everywhere now, and there is nothing that can be done to stop it. Well, my friends, our message today is that that is not true. And he knew that. You see, the darkness that we have chosen, it is still not more powerful than the very thing we've turned away from. He is the creator, the sustainer, and therefore the life in him, the light of all mankind, it is greater than the darkness. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. There is hope still, hope that the darkness can be dealt with, hope that it does not need to be this way forever, hope that something could be done. Christmas for a lot of us often means being around family, Uh, If your family is anything like mine, then there's always a chance that there's a little bit of tension in the room at various points. Uh, I come from quite a uh, a family that loves uh, confrontation. That's how we deal with problems. Uh, And so things can often get heated quite quickly. Uh, Now at the heart of these tensions, the reason why they rise so quickly is because everyone in the situation thinks they're right. And when people think that, the situation often feels unsolvable. And so me and my sister can tend to explode a little bit. The hardest thing to do is to be the one to make the first move when you know you're in the right, but you want to deal with what's going on. Well, in verse 14 of John chapter 1, we see one of the most profound sentences in human history. You see the God of all things, the creator of the world, the sustainer of life, make the first move, the first move towards those who rejected him, the first move towards those who hated him and loved the darkness, even when we didn't even want him to, right? Even when we were happy with the darkness, happy with what we've chosen, not knowing the damage and pain it was causing and would keep causing, God took the first move. Verse 14, the word became flesh, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In order to right the wrongs of mankind, there needed to be someone who was of mankind. The Word, Jesus himself, had to take on the very flesh of his own creation. He had to demonstrate more humility than can be imagined to take on the limitations, the frailty, the vulnerability of himself becoming human. In Christian theology, we call it the humiliation of Christ so that he could pay the price that it would take to provide a means for humanity to turn back. This, my friends, is the moment marked by the day that we call Christmas the moment in history when this actually happened. In a world marked by success, power, control, material witches, how can we even imagine someone doing something like this, let alone when he wasn't even in the wrong? But this is the Christian God, the only God, the one who makes the first move, who comes to reclaim his people from the darkness that they have chosen, knowing that only some of them will even recognize that he's done it and turn back to him. Knowing that on this day each year, billions will celebrate everything about the day except him. That in all the noise of Christmas, we might miss that crescendo of hope for all the world actually came through this God, humbling himself to be born in that little manger in Bethlehem so that all who did receive him And all those who believed in his name, he would give the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. Over three Sundays in January, uh, I'm going to be running a course called Hope Explored. We'll have lunch. Uh, We'll learn more about this God and this hope that is for all mankind. And I invite you to come along. You've got one of these in your handouts that tells you all the details you need to know. I'd love for you to come along and take a step towards this God who's already made the first step towards you. I'd also like to invite you to take the Bible that you're holding right now. If you don't own a Bible, if you don't, can't walk into your house and grab an easy English Bible immediately, then that Bible with a bow on it, that's our gift to you. Start by reading John's Gospel and see if you can see in it the light that has overcome the darkness. Happy Christmas. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would help us to humble ourselves before you, to stand in awe at the fact that you made the first move towards us. Lord, I pray that this Christmas, you give us each a little moment to recognize this and to see that you are a hope for all mankind. Father, now also, I bring to you our world. Father, our world is so full of conflict and pain. Father, we pray for the people of Ukraine and Palestine and Israel. We pray for people who are suffering, and who will be without much this Christmas. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would be with people, that you would grant people freedom from oppression, that you would heal those who are hurt, Father, we pray for people who are hungry in our world, that you would provide them with food. Father, we pray that this Christmas you would be with people, that you'd be healing our world, and that people would come closer to you and to the freedom that comes from what your son did by coming for us on Christmas Day. It's in his name I pray. Amen.